Welcome to the Video Games Podcast. This is the 57th episode to be exact, and I just want to say thank you very much for being here again, and if you're new, then thank you for giving us a chance. I hope everyone out there is staying safe, being smart, and enjoying plenty of games with your extra time indoors. There are some truly great games to play at the moment, including Ori and the Will of the Wisps, which you can check out our 21Q review. That would be greatly appreciated. I will leave a link for that in the description. If you have any interest in picking up that game, then you should definitely check that out. Also out there is Doom Eternal, Animal Crossing New Horizons, and if you have all the pieces to play it, Half-Life Alex. I'm currently playing Doom Eternal and Animal Crossing and working on those reviews, but won't be playing Half-Life for a while. I think I will probably play that game when and if we get a PSVR 2, but actually this week there was a little bit of news with a new VR headset from HP in collaboration with Microsoft and Valve, so there is a chance that with the power of the Xbox Series X, we might see some VR make its way to Xbox. This week on the show, though, we are going to take a look at GameStop announcing this week that in light of the recent pandemic, they are finally closing all stores indefinitely. And with their recent earnings report that they released this week, they will also be closing around the same amount of stores this year as they did in 2019. Also on the show, Nintendo finally gives us that sweet direct everyone was anticipating to help us understand what's coming in 2020 to the Switch, except... We didn't get that direct, we got a direct mini that just appeared on their channel without any notice. There were some decent announcements out of it, but nothing that will knock your socks off or impress stockholders. We love Nintendo, so we thought we would keep the focus on the company with a few other stories, including how its newly released Animal Crossing is doing and where it might end up sales-wise, also donations that the company is making, and information about their Switch shortages. Sorry for the long intro, so let's just dig into our first story right after this. Alright, let's start this week with a few stories from GameStop. It seems that they finally closed all of their stores indefinitely until it's deemed safe to open again. Coincidentally, just after the big releases of Doom Eternal and Animal Crossing New Horizons that the company desperately needed to profit from. Taken with a grain of salt, you hear stories from the front lines of GameStop about how the stores didn't adequately provide them with the cleaning materials due to shortages and managers given scripts to say to law enforcement if they came by to try and close them down. Understandably, the situation is quite dire for GameStop, but the situation is also dire for other businesses that can't afford to shut down, let alone how dire it is for many people and their actual health. I wonder if GameStop will have any plans to figure out a way to open a few of their major stores for other big releases coming up soon like Final Fantasy VII, Resident Evil 3, and The Last of Us 2 should these games all hit their respective release dates. Gaming is a great way to pass the time and GameStop is very aware of this and doesn't want to miss out on this potential revenue. Currently after claiming that they are an essential service, they have fully closed their doors and are currently pickup only. At the moment they are offering shipping to your home as well as contactless pickup as they call it. Order and pay online, select your store and then call them when you are outside. The stores will be offering this service from 12 to 8 for the foreseeable future unless GameStop determines that this method isn't providing enough revenue to justify its cost. 
This week, GameStop also announced their fiscal year 2019 and their Q4 earnings report. Top-level impressions seem like a step in the right direction, but GameStop has a very long way to go. Overall, debt was reduced $401 million, inventory was reduced 31%, which last time we talked about GameStop, there was the insiders that were saying that over the holiday season, they would have been able to sell much more if they had inventory, but stock was constantly out. I'm sure you're familiar with walking into a GameStop and seeing a dusty five-year-old brand new console box on the shelf, and I'm sure they would love to eliminate these wasted costs, which helps that they are getting their inventory down 31%. They also purchased back $199 million worth of shares, and there are a few reasons why GameStop would repurchase their shares, and that would be if they thought their value had been too watered down, and with the share price being near a 20-year all-time low, there is a very good possibility of that. Another reason is that the company is investing itself. I mean, GameStop has been making a lot of changes lately and you have to believe in yourself if you're at the top of the company that you will be able to turn the ship around and become relevant again. And the final reason a company would do this is to improve its financial ratios And basically, if there are less shares of a company available on the market, but all the financials stay the same, then earnings per share would go up. And this is a very simple way to improve your financial ratios. According to GameStop, they are entering 2020 with a strengthened balance sheet and a refreshed board of directors, which will further enhance the ability to drive the transformation plan. And as we know from last week, when we talked about Big Reggie joining the board of directors at the end of April, along with a few other new additions with large corporate experience. In Q4, GameStop was actually forecasting a loss, but returned with slightly over 40 cents per share earnings. GameStop actually exited the year with $500 million in cash, which stings a little when you take into account all the human resources they restructured in 2019, including a majority of the Game Informer editorial staff. Although it seems like most of these people have found better opportunities in the industry, including Ben Hansen and the computer-loving cohorts at MinMax. Moving forward, GameStop has put forth four pillars that they are hoping will be the base of their success. One, optimize efficiency. Two, create hubs. Three, digital ecosystem. And four, vendor partner relationship improvement. As I mentioned in the intro, GameStop does plan to close down stores similar to the amount of stores in 2020 as they did in 2019, which is around 320 out of the global 5,500 stores. This is one of the major key pillars of their future plans, and in the words of GameStop, optimize the core business by improving efficiency and effectiveness across the organization by evaluating markets for continued store de-densification. And in simpler terms, they are closing down stores that aren't profitable or are too close to others. It was a bad business plan in the first place to have stores so close to each other that the cannibalization of revenue and cost would outweigh the sales benefits. The digital ecosystem is an area that GameStop was very slow to enter, although with recent global shutdowns, their implementation of an improved website just recently that allows for such purchases as pay online and pick up in store couldn't have come at a better time for the company. At the very least, the company will still be able to generate some revenue during these times by offering the buy online and pick up option as well as the direct to home delivery, but their logistics realistically will never be able to match companies like Amazon. 
And this goes without saying that no matter how good your logistics and supply chain get, it will never be able to fully compete with digital marketplaces that are offered directly from the console makers. Keeping with the digital ecosystem, it was mentioned that they plan to enhance Game Informer with interactive digital media. And although that statement is very vague, it's nice to hear that Andy McNamara and the rest of the GI crew is still there and are still part of the company's future plans moving forward, at least for the interim. Game Informer does a great job and it feels like for some reason they just don't quite get the respect that they deserve, so check them out if you already haven't. As for their pillar of offering social and cultural hubs, it would seem that this option just doesn't make sense in a post-social distancing world, at least for the indefinite future. The final pillar of their current and future plans involve transforming vendor and partner relationships for the future of gaming. In 2019, GameStop began testing digital revenue sharing with key partners, which does seem like a step in the right direction, although they don't explain in further details exactly how this was accomplished. And as for how they plan to accomplish this in 2020, GameStop will continue to explore and advance new revenue model opportunities. Given the current climate of the world, it's hard to see many of these trees bearing fruit for GameStop anytime soon. But as they said, GameStop is closely monitoring the dynamic situation around COVID-19 and the potential impacts on business. Despite the increased demand since the outbreak began, given the uncertainty around the evolving situation, the company has suspended further guidance at this time. So, as it seems, despite finally seeing a little light at the end of the tunnel, it will be interesting to see how GameStop comes out on the other side of this after many of its customers have already made the switch to either fully digital or to someone better like Amazon. And the other topic that I wanted to focus on this week is Nintendo in general, and there are a few things we're talking about in the world of Nintendo this week, including how its supply chain has been affected that Switches are almost sold out most places, Animal Crossing New Horizons starting off with a very strong sales start, and a surprise Nintendo Direct. If you would have told me that there would have been two Nintendo Directs in March, I would have expected some very big announcements. And there are many rumors flying around the internet as for what Nintendo has planned for the second half of 2020, with some decent reasoning to back up many of these crazy theories. I've read many things that covers all aspects of Nintendo from Mario Kart 9, Wind Waker on the Switch, a Metroid Prime trilogy, a new 2D Metroid in the style of Samus Returns, Paper Mario, Odyssey 2, Breath of the Wild 2 coming this year. If you can imagine it, then odds are someone has mentioned it in a leak somewhere, somehow. However, we got none of that in either of the March Directs. The first one was an Indie World Showcase, which we talked about last week and how we thought it was a little underwhelming, and this was even considering expectations that were in line for Indie-only announcements. And the second one that happened this week was what they called a Nintendo Direct Mini, which I guess just means they are trying to manage expectations based on the level of announcements because it was close to 30 minutes. Some of the highlights included 2K bringing some of their games to the Switch in May, including Borderlands uh, Collection, XCOM 2, and a Bioshock Collection. And even though it was just released, we got a little tease at some of the upcoming events in Animal Crossing, including Bunny Day, which is just another word for Easter, and Earth Day. One of the more interesting games that caught my attention from the Direct Mini was Good Job, which seems like a great local co-op game in the vein of Overcooked. 
It's available now, and after spending a little time with it already, it seems pretty great, but stay tuned for a full review coming soon. We also got news of the next Super Smash character, and that will be from the ARMS universe, but that was all the information that we were given. Nintendo also went into detail on some Xenoblade Chronicles remastered information, some Bravely Default information, and a little Pokemon Sword and Shield information as well. Honestly, I half expected an actual full direct based on one reason, and that is Nintendo is a publicly traded company, and they need to give shareholders information on how the company plans to make money with their fiscal year ending March 31st, 2020. Although they won't be reporting any of the Q4 or fiscal year 2019 until May 7th, 2020, which means that if they do plan on giving shareholders something to look forward to, they have a little over a month to put that information together. And it would obviously create a bigger splash with gamers and fans if they gave this information in the form of an actual Nintendo Direct. But many shareholders don't watch those, so it's possible that Nintendo's plans for 2020 might just be buried in their fiscal year 2020 outlook coming on May 7th. The Nintendo Direct Mini highlighted what the near future of Nintendo is, but in the present world, Nintendo currently has some good news regarding the sales of Animal Crossing and some good problems with the Switch console being scarce to the point of sold out most places. I've checked online around my area to see how stock is, and there are a few spots here and there like Walmarts that show minimal inventory, but most places are sold out. And this is a combination of people being strongly suggested or forced to stay inside, which gives some people free time to play some video games. Especially if you're quarantined with your younger children, the Switch is a hard-to-beat option with fantastic local multiplayer capabilities and their great family-friendly library that they built up over the past three years. It's very interesting that three years ago when the Switch was released, there was a slight stock shortage as well. It's a very in-demand system that has been since it's released, and it is a major reason that the Switch has been climbing up the ranks as one of Nintendo's best-selling systems ever. Who knows where it will end up when the dust settles and how long they will fully support the system for, but if I had to wager, I would say that by the end of the console's life cycle, it will have surpassed the Wii at 101 million, which seems crazy because that system felt like a cultural phenomenon, and I also think that it will pass the original Game Boy, which is currently sitting at 118.69 million when combined with the sales of the Game Boy Color. And that would place it second on the all-time Nintendo list, only behind the DS, which amassed 154.02 million. I don't think it's going to pass that. Nintendo has already said that their supply chain has been affected by the virus concerns at their factories in Asia, and that hardware and software may be delayed as a result. And Nintendo gave a comment to GameStop saying that Nintendo Switch hardware is selling out at various retail locations in the U.S., but more systems are on the way. So as it sounds, they should be back on store shelves sooner than later. So try not to support these people who are trying to capitalize during these times. The system isn't the only thing that is selling extremely well right now. Animal Crossing New Horizon sales numbers have already started coming in from Japan and they are quite excellent. According to Famitsu, the latest Animal Crossing sold almost 2 million physical copies in its first three days on the market. New Horizons is my first foray into this series, and I've heard that a lot of other newcomers have decided to try on Island Life for the first time with this entry. And this would explain the almost 400,000 Switch units that were sold in Japan during the launch week of the game. I think this is all amazing news for the series that has been around since the days of the N64, but has never quite managed to grab the spotlight like some of Nintendo's other major franchises. But I think that will change moving forward. 
I am slowly working my way through the game, enjoying every moment as I go, and not feeling the need to power through it, as it's quite relaxing just to catch a few fish and stop playing. Obviously, during the current climate and uneasy times people are going through, a game like Animal Crossing delivers the most relaxing form of escapism possible, and Nintendo has done an excellent job with onboarding new players to the series, which makes it very accessible and I think is a large reason for the sales being as successful as they are so far. And with the sales of the game being as high as they are already, New Horizons will easily be one of the best-selling games on the Switch. With Nintendo's Q4 ending on March 31st, we will get a pretty good idea of just how well the game sold worldwide, including digital and physical copies when they report this on May 7th, 2020. And on a smaller note regarding the global health pandemic, according to GamesIndustry.biz, Nintendo has donated 9,500 N95 respirator masks for the first responders and healthcare providers and according to a nintendo rep the masks were originally purchased for emergency preparedness planning and with many companies forced to have employees work from home maybe these masks aren't quite required for nintendo as they once were it's always nice to read stories like this about companies helping people and people helping people during these times that's going to be a wrap on the 57th episode of the Video Games Podcast, and if you made it this far, then I can assume that you enjoyed the show, and if so, then please consider subscribing if you haven't already. It does truly make a huge difference, as it makes it easier for other people to find the show. It's also on sale this week for the low price of free, so nothing to worry there. Also, nothing much else to say other than stay home, play some games, learn some new skills, and just be safe. Video games are one of the best forms of escapism, so remember to be nice to your fellow gamer, and more importantly, be nice to your fellow human. I'll see you next week.